0: more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car
1: before my kids'
0: PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me. What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I
2: never win and tell.
0: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. My name is Fergus Craig, and I am joined by Paul Dolan. Hello. And Dave Watson. Hi Fergus. Hi Paul. How you been? Hey. Not bad. Such a long pause there again. Yeah. It's Pinteresque. Building tension. Pinteresque, which is a reference that all football fans have <laughs> been
1: throwing down already this season. Um wasn't he left back for Charlton in the 90s? Probably. Probably.
2: So I went to football on Saturday. So unfortunately, we've had two games since our last podcast, our first two games of the season. We'll talk about how we think that went in a minute. It's it's gone great. Everything's great. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I missed the last game because I was going to watch uh, a potentially bottom-of-the-table clash between Crystal Palace and Brentford. Nil nil, but it was nice to be at the football. I've actually gone to the football two Saturdays in a row because I went to Dulwich Hamlet. Nice.
1: That was at a proper yep. Premier League game between two <laughs> Championship sides. Do you, um, when you were watching them, did you get the sense that these will be two teams at the bottom at the end of the season, or did you get the sense that actually Brentford could do a Leeds or Crystal Palace, or uh, you know, they're not great, but they're plenty good enough to survive
2: It's hard to say
1: because I am not this great
2: football expert and they're playing against each other so hmm. it's it's hard to judge them up against top teams I mean all Brentford have played is Arsenal and they are not
1: a top yeah. team No but, but it's, um, The reason I ask this because it's it's interesting because off the back of the two games that we played I've seen a lot of people saying well that's it we're definitely down and Um, I don't think you can make that judgment call yet because there's 108 points to play for and we only need 40.
2: I cannot believe that Newcastle Twitter is saying, that's it, we're down. (laughs) Newcastle Twitter has been saying, that's it, we're down in response to every single thing that has happened for the last 10 years. And a couple (laughs) of times it's been true. But there is no instance in which we will lose a game and people will not go, that's it, we're down. But... um, yeah, nil nil. I would say that the defining thing was that both sides played quite nice football, but weren't really taking their chances. Palace had Connor Gallagher a
0: loan from Chelsea.
1: Really good player.
0: We yeah. were after him, weren't we?
1: Yeah, I think I don't know if we were actively pursuing him or if he was just on the list of, of players that we're into in for. But then the signing of Willick just put pay to that. I think he was a potential backup for Willett. Um, But only on loan.
2: Yeah, he was really good. But uh, who's to say where those two sides will be? But obviously, it being a nil-nil,
1: they weren't very clinical. In my opinion, opinion, I think that Brentford are more likely to resemble Fulham than they are leads. I think Brentford do play nice football, but they lack a clinical striker. Like that's proven in the in the Premier League. I think, you know, Ivan Tony he smashed up the championship, but he didn't look amazing in the championship. He didn't look like cheating at football manager. He just looked like a good championship striker. So I reckon they're gonna be more like Fulham.
2: 33 goals isn't bad, but um we're we're away into the podcast now and we haven't Actually spoken about Newcastle. So let's do that. We've played uh, two games this season. What, Paul Doolan, is your brief summary and overview of how those two games have gone?
0: We've had two games. We've had one good half of football. We've we've had goals. I don't know if we've had entertainment, but I think we've first half against West Ham. You thought, oh, we look quite decent here. First half against Villa wasn't amazing but not as bad as the second half both mm. games have the worrying feeling that our squad is not fit yet we seem to be mm. looking much much more like we're blown out of our ass by the end of a game than whoever we're playing which is a bit of a worry but then you've had players like Almiron away i have not had too many away, Share. ML Kraft didn't look up to the standard, but then he doesn't when he's completely fit. So I don't think that's a problem.
1: <laughs> it's like um the the key players for us, like Shelby's apparently been carrying an illness or something, which is why he missed the game against um against Aston Villa. But uh like and Joe Willock didn't play a full preseason, but you've still got all the others like St. Maximum and Wilson and most of the defenders, I mean Matt Ritchie, he hasn't played so they should have been able to get a full pre-season into them and Ritchie looked awful um, in the opener against West Ham I just, I don't know they they just don't look fit
0: Yeah
2: Okay Uh, Yeah, the the mood is not great amongst the Newcastle fans but like I say, that's sort of like not surprising to me. I mean, I'm going to give my traditional sort of positive spin on things. Um, West Ham, like you say, at least one half of good football. I'd say maybe a little bit more than that. Um,
0: Where we still conceded Wilson, four goals, though.
2: That's... We did. That is not good. Wilson has already got a goal. That was nice. we got a goal five minutes into the season. That was good. And we had, what was it? We should have had a penalty against West Ham. There were a couple of errors. That, Saint-Maximin, and no one else seems to give shit about it because it doesn't involve, you can't be blamed on Bruce. Or if they talk about it, they'll only find a way of blaming it on Bruce. Saint-Maximin is easily our best player. But he's, you know, he's, what is he, 24, 25? We've had him a long time. I find him so frustrating losing the ball in our own half. He's got this thing where he, and like I say, all praise to St. Maxime, he should start every game. He's easily our best player. And his threat definitely outweighs his negatives. But like, he has this, it's like he's been injected with this thing that says, whenever you receive the ball, you have to beat a player before you do anything. So even if, we're in, if in his, even if he's in his own half and he's got two easy passes on, he will turn around and look for a player to beat before playing the simple pass.
0: I think as and well, think- he's one of those players, and there's a few at the minute, who he's not being played in his most natural position. But I think he's not necessarily a striker, but I think the problem is he's been given... Essentially, even though on the team sheet he looks like a striker, he's kind of been given a completely free role and told mm. to go where he wants. And because if we've, especially without Willock against West Ham, we've been lacking any kind of midfield engine that can take control of a game. So he's, he's found himself wandering back there. And that's not where you want Alan St-Maximin to be getting the ball. Sure,
2: I, I totally understand that. And then, then there may be, you know, reasons to, to blame beyond him himself. But he has to take some responsibility. It's like the, oh, yeah. with cricket. it's like the Kevin Peterson thing years ago, where he'd always be like, "Well, that's the way I play. That's the way I play." You can't. You do not have to beat a player in your own half with no discernible benefit from it. But I think you're as well, running the, in the wrong direction, you're not getting anything out of it.
0: I think but as you, well, the players who have more in recent times been criticised for exactly that kind of mistake from my memory are Almiron and Fraser in separate games. And that's a similar case of wide attacking players who've been played out of position. I think even doing the basics in central midfield, whilst it seems easy, there's a lot of training and positional play that goes into that. I'm not absolving St. Maxman of blame because he should be able to play a simple pass but it's probably more natural for him to beat players because that's what his sure. strongest I move and, is. And
2: I've got the I've got the advantage of of seeing it from a higher vantage point and being able to see those passes. Passes. That's a talent and a skill in itself. Being able to mm. see that what looks to me like a simple pass. I appreciate that, Dave. Um, you can either defend St Maxman, or um, you can. The floor is yours. You can talk about anything you like.
1: I just want to talk about the defence, which I know is a bit boring. Moving from Alan's Maximum's inability to, to to make a simple pass, but the the, the fucking defence is awful. Yeah. It's, like in both games, they. I don't think Aston Villa played particularly well, but they comfortably they comfortably beat us, and I don't think West Ham. I don't think they they. they I don't think they were great either, and they beat us because our defence was all over the shop. We've already had, like, big changes in two games. Um, I think you need to play more so in defence than anywhere else on the pitch. You need to play a unit consistently so that they understand each other, understand, like... If, if A moves forward, takes the ball out, who drops in? Where do you move across to, like, to, to gauge each other's style of play? I think I think that's a real concern because the attacking side of things, I think, we're fine. I think, yes, we didn't, we, didn't, we had one shot on target against Aston Villa and it was Joe Linton, but I'm not really concerned about us scoring goals. I think we will with the talent that we've got. My concern is how many goals are we going to concede, um, even when the top tier uh, keepers come back. I just, I'm, I'm worried. It, the, the players are there, but the the organisation just doesn't seem to be, and it's it's been getting progressively worse.
0: I think as well. The there's so little the pace in our defence that we can't play as high up as we clearly want to. To try, they can't really play any pressing game when our defenders are that slow. It just means the defence is so deep. The gap between defence and midfield is massive and there's just space everywhere. Mm. And I think we've clearly needed other centre-backs bringing in. We sold Florian Lejeune and not replaced him. I'm not sure we're necessarily going to bring anyone in, but we clearly no, I, need at least one new centre-back.
1: And I don't really understand why you've got... Um, why the argument against making a signing is that you've got a 25-man squad and you can't put somebody you can't bring somebody in until you've gotten rid of somebody. You've got you've got like fourth choice goalkeepers that you could move on. Like would we have been better off with Mark Gillespie in Nets ahead of uh, Freddie Woodman? Probably not. We probably would have got the same results ish but then at least Freddie Woodman can go out on loan and and, you know and and improve his way and that frees up a a space for us to have another centre-back come in on loan or something like that just just fatten up that defence because like you say Paul there's very little pace in it there's without share there's very little technical ability we're still playing two uh, wingers essentially as as wing backs it's 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 not, a, it's not a good unit right now. And it's I think the, the last two games have shown... I mean, conceded six goals in the last two games against what is expected to be mid-table fodder.
0: I think the worrying okay. well, thing for um, me... I think- just to quickly say, we are... I think it all has to be viewed with the end of last season taken into account as well. Because we were saying at the end of last season, we're playing players out of position and St-Maximin isn't a striker, but it's working. So why would you change that? And we were a bit tighter. I wonder how much of it is just down to the fitness of everyone. I I think that's why we do need to wait a few more games before we can really draw any conclusions. But I think you're right. Defence looks like a massive weak point and kind of has for a couple of seasons. Mm.
2: OK, well, uh, there's plenty more to talk about. Uh, with the last few games and uh, the games to come. And there's more to go uh, on. have a look at from you guys on Twitter. But uh, right now, we'll have a little break. Welcome back, guys. Welcome back. Good break. Lovely. Lovely.
1: I got some more juice.
2: Oh, good for you. I'm the only one amongst us who has continued with what used to be traditional, which was drinking beer whilst doing the Newcastle matter. Mm. But, uh, now you guys have, have gone the way of the. spirits,
0: Pons. just neat spirits. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: so, uh, I'm, I'm going to go in on Twitter just briefly because, you know, we can continue to talk about those two games. Uh, but uh Stephen Keane is unsurprisingly for a Newcastle fan on Twitter, feeling pretty negative. He says, question, I'm usually quite positive regarding Newcastle United, fair enough. But with only two games in, I'm struggling to find any positivity with that squad apart from Wilson and ASM. Are we fucked already? I think so. I mean, it's too early to answer that explicitly, whether we're fucked already, but you know,
1: it's it's, not,
2: it's I mentioned not a great before.
1: start. Well, it's not It's not a great start, but like I said, there's 108 points to play for, and we've played two what we'd expect to be mid-table teams. We haven't played particularly well, but um, certainly in the last couple of seasons under Bruce, we've finished the season pretty strongly in both seasons, so think we would be all right like look look at look at who's currently in the bottom three Norwich yeah probably you'd expect them to end up in the bottom three Newcastle United you'd expect them to be bottom half and Arsenal you'd expect them to be at the very least mid-table so it's way too early I mean Brighton are in the Champions League spots I think it's it's way way too early I don't think
2: I don't think I think I don't think he's referring to the table right now I don't think anyone is looking at the table and thinking it tells them anything but I'm guessing a lot of fans are looking at those first two performances and and seeing a lot to worry about. I think um, what you guys were saying about defence and the pace and the defenders was, you made some strong arguments. That's definitely something to worry about. Looking at our fixtures ahead, I would say before November starts, we've got Southampton at home, we've got Leeds at home, we've got Watford away. I'm just selecting these fixtures. We've got Watford away, Wolves away, Palace away, Brighton away. Oh no, into November. But
1: don't we have if Man we are in the 12?
2: bottom, no, yeah, we are, I'm, I'm skipping the oh, big right. teams. Yeah, what yeah. I'm saying is, there are games where I'm not saying that you would expect us to definitely get three points from. I don't think you wouldn't expect us to get definitely get three points from any game. But there are if we do not if we are in the bottom three in November considering we will have had a good few fixtures to pick up some points, then I would say it's, it's time to start talking about the fact that there's a pretty strong chance it's going to be another, more of a relegation battle season than a, hoping to break into the top half season. Which yeah. Okay.
1: Is, is I, I think fun. I think I was there before the, the the season kicked off that it was going to be another season of relegation or dotting around that bit and and maybe ending up about 12 seconds.
2: I think most people were but what I'm saying um, what I'm saying what I'm saying is, is at the moment it's too small a sample size we've played West Ham mm-hmm. and Aston Villa two teams, teams who finished above us in the league last season
0: I think as well so, saying we, our squad apart from Wilson and ASM like as positives they're very big positives like that goal against West Ham where they combined that, was, that showed what we can do with a bit of end product, which we've not had since Wilson came in. Also, Willock, I think, once he's fit, because he's only had, what, 45 minutes in pre-season, that will make a difference. I think we have to, like I said before, look back at the end of last season, playing the same players that we've got now. We were in Champions League form for a bit, or certainly top six. So I don't think we've we're suddenly fucked. I think there's definitely defensive issues and fitness issues. I kind of worry if the pressure ramps up that we are fucked. I imagine Steve Bruce will quite quickly go, "Okay, we're going to do it my way, like he seems to quite often do after a few bad results and switch formation. And I think I would much rather a sort of a larger sample size, see how we go after five or six games and then decide whether we do need to make drastic changes.
2: Yeah. Me too, because I think I think even there'll be a lot of people calling for, and I'm sure at some point we will be calling for it. There'll be a lot of people calling for like a change in either selection or formation. There's always 14-3-1 hanging out there, like as a like, why are we not playing that formation? Because certainly in terms of attack, that it looks kind of obvious. But this was something that was working for us last season. And we even if, if, even if we finish mid table, which is far better than I think most Newcastle fans think we will finish, even if we do finish mid table, we will lose a lot of games. Sides who finish mid table lose a lot of games. Yeah. If we, if we lose the next 10 games, then that's really bad. That might happen. But I would hope that, like, although I don't, think it will happen I I would hope that we don't all shit the bed really soon because it's going to get toxic so quick and I just would like that not to happen even though I know it will
0: what should we be doing to the bed after two defeats I think we should be after two defeats yeah I agree we we shouldn't be shitting
2: it and having what we should be having a comforting, a, a nice comforting wank to make ourselves feel better. That's what we should be doing in the bed.
0: And if that—that's what we should be
2: doing in the bed.
0: What if that turns to four defeats and we get knocked out of the cup? Do we shart the bed?
1: No. Then it's less about the comforting wank and it's more about the like crying. You know that that yeah. sorrowful. You know the, the what am I doing with my life? Wank. That's that's mm-hmm. what we should be doing.
0: Then we crank the bird. Yes. Okay. Good to know. Okay, something
2: you're familiar with. So um (laughs) we should talk briefly about there's been a few decisions uh in both of the games. There was the penalty that West Ham got that I think it's I think we all agree that wasn't a penalty, right? Yeah. The Murphy tackle, it was a mistake. You agree, David, wasn't it?
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's not a penalty,
2: yeah. And we were unlucky or wronged in the sense that the VAR did not overturn that, even though VAR seems to have been operating pretty pretty well so far this season, but not for us. There were two decisions in the game against Villa. I didn't watch them live, but there was the LaSalle's handball. Bruce made the argument that because he was raising his leg, that made his arm natural that made his arm being there a natural position. Have you got any thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, it's bollocks, isn't it? I can raise I my that. leg without sticking my arm out to my sides like a scarecrow in the penalty box.
1: I I'm as a sure. defender,
0: you I, don't stick your arms out like a starfish in the box. I agree it was close to him, but if that had been the other way around, we would have been screaming for a penalty. I think that was a penalty. I think the unlucky I, I th- bit I, is it's unlucky that it wasn't actually no, because it wasn't even given at the time. I would say you'd be unlucky to have it spotted and it's a tough one to take, but it's a I think it's a definite penalty.
1: I don't think the
2: anyone anyone who's I, ever
0: seen river dance, <laughs> no anyone who's
2: ever seen <laughs> river dance knows that you can raise your leg without raising
1: your arm. Exactly. I think I think, Sorry, I think the important. issue the issue I have <laughs> It's not. It's not with really the application of the law. It's the law. That's that's my issue. It's like that. That was not a deliberate handball. Like the cells wasn't trying to gain an advantage by using uh, uh, a part of his body that you're not supposed to use. He just kicked his leg up and 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 in that motion, his hand moved. It's like when you jump, you naturally lift your hands up to give you that little bit of like. Like, boost that little bit of acceleration. That's Lascelles was doing roughly the same when he was like lifting his, you know, he was off balance and like lifting his hand up to balance himself. Yes, you can do it without lifting your hands off. And in the current climate in the, the Premier League, with the laws the way they are, you should have your hands behind your back at all times, which is apparently a natural position, which is bollocks. It's the law that's wrong, not. Not the the call in this in this in this instance. Yeah, but we're the not. Law unlucky. is an ass, Dave. The law is an ass.
0: Newcastle are not unlucky that the law isn't what it should no,
1: be. No, I, I wasn't saying that, Paul. So how I dare you, you accuse me? Well, why did you say it then?
0: Because I've seen a lot of people saying we were unlucky with that one.
1: Uh, I think we're unlucky because the the law's an ass. And the other one, like um the decapitation attempt on wilson um to say that that's um not a penalty that one's hard for me to take because him being offside doesn't impact that foul if if you know what i mean like there's no like and it was a marginal offside at the best of times. I don't, like, I disagree. Again, I disagree with the letter of the law, but by the letter of the law, it's, well, it the was law the right again, call. Isn't it? I mean, you could yeah, say yeah, yeah. He,
2: could, he could maybe, the law's always been like that. I mean, you could say he could maybe get a card for that. You did. If it was, like, terrible. Right, okay, right, well, there you go.
0: But if... I thought he, that could have been a red. Offside, the that, other...
2: There's never been a time in football that that would have been a penalty if he's offside. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think as well that I've seen people annoyed at VAR. VAR has changed this season for offside, where they're using the thicker lines, and it's onside if the lines overlap. The lines didn't overlap for ours. There's always going to be a really marginal bit that's annoying that mm. going go the other way, but that's that's not unlucky. That's Wilson being a fraction offside.
2: Yeah, it was. It was also, I thought it
0: could have it was, been a red against the keeper, though. I think anywhere, yeah, any other player, anywhere else on the pitch, obviously that is a red card.
1: Yeah, and and this this notion that while he was offside, therefore the the, the subsequent foul doesn't matter. It's almost like they're applying two two laws at the same time, which is um, you can't double penalise a keeper for a foul in the box. So it has to be either a penalty. And a yellow card. I don't think that could have
0: been a penalty, though. Wouldn't it have been an well, that, that's free kick in the box?
1: Well, that's fine. But the, the point is, it's like you can't double. So you, he couldn't have been sent off because it was the keeper making a foul in the box, which that doesn't make sense because it was high, it was reckless, it was dangerous, which are all the the well, no, The yellow, the card, the yellow
0: card still stood, though. So he was still penalised for the challenge. It wasn't rescinded. So if he'd given a red for that, that would have still counted mm-hmm. as a red card. They wouldn't have, VAR wouldn't have overturned <laughs> that to a yellow
1: but that's what i'm saying i'm saying it's almost like the referee said well it because it's a foul in the box by the referee by the by the by the keeper the referee. I, I can't give him i can't double punish cuz i can't give him a penalty and a red card so i'll just give him a yellow oh, so I it's see. like you know what i mean i think it's um uh okay. yeah it's, it's it's weird okay I'm, I'm i'm i'll admit to being a little bit confused now
2: but i Trust our listeners. I see what they're saying. They're not. I think so, he said um, the referee
0: initially didn't give a red card. Don't explain it to me. I think given- everyone else, and- yeah.
2: yeah. It's fine. Whatever. It's fine. Um, uh, Callum Wilson did miss a proper chance earlier on, a one on one that I was surprised to see him miss the target with. Yeah. Um, but on, on the subject of decisions, Ice Cube Kane says on Twitter, he's he's got he's challenged us with something here he says i'd love to know what you think of these stats here comes a list of times clubs have had red cards go in their favour in the premier league since 2012 2013 skipping 16 17 which is around so i mean this is a he's getting down on the stat here this is teams in the Premier League, Red Cross, given to the team that they're playing in time. Man you I've had it 15 times. Chelsea 22, Arsenal 19, Man City 19, Everton 19, Spurs 15, West Ham 23, Southampton 14, Newcastle 8. He doesn't name every club, but I'm... Just- suggesting, I'd imagine that we're at the bottom of that list or close to it. He says, I've heard you guys cast doubt on corruption narratives, but surely in light of our takeover block and constant referee and bar decisions costing us, can we start to acknowledge the elephants in the
1: room? So there's After two things there.
2: About, <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, the teams that he's listed on the whole, Man U, Chelsea, Arsenal, Man City, Everton, Spurs... They tend to be teams with very technical players, and also players of a much higher calibre than their opposition. Which means their opposition resorts to spoiling tactics, including and a lot um, more possession, and a lot, a lot more, more possession. possession. So you, so you crank up the, the of number of <laughs> you crank up like the uh, the amount of times that those 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 teams have the ball, and the opposition want to either break up play or get the ball off them. They will use physical tactics, which means two yellow cards equals a red, or that's a straight red. Also, last man, because they're, a lot of times they're, they're being caught, like when teams try to, to, to get a goal, these teams are excellent on the counter because they've got such quick technical players. So they get last man, there's a foul. The reason we don't get red cards is because we're never on the ball. We don't have a lot of technically excellent players, and um, so we don't incur that, that. same, And when, you know, teams don't fear us as much as others. So they don't put in the physical, as much of a physical presence against us. So uh, like the red card thing, that's just, that's just the way it is when you're a plodding mid table or lower team.
2: I would say he might be able to come back at us and say, cause I haven't got the rest of the stats. He might be able to say, we are the bottom of that table by some distance, right? Some team has to be the bottom of that table. I would say, you know, what's the word? Um, something, correlation is not, something is... Causation. You know, causation isn't correlation. Correlation isn't causation.
1: Uh, and, and one other point, really like, very quickly. Go on. Oops, so, um, I was just going to... I was just uh, going uh, <laughs> to... Go on, Dave, go on. Jesus. No, you... Yeah. <laughs> um, he's talking about since 2012, 2013. That was nine years ago. We've only been like... You know, like the club has only been a- against the Premier League in the last two and a half, three years with regards to this arbitration. I don't believe for a second the previous eight years are because like we've hated them from the off. No, it's just it's just happenstance. It's just it's coincidence and yeah. causation. Is not even I think
0: as, well, since we've been in dispute with the Premier League, VAR has been in so. I think there's definitely we've been, benefited times, from yeah, there's been times before where definitely red cards have gone unpunished. Remember those that one against Wolves the season before VAR came in. And actually, we were quite often on the receiving end of bad decisions, I think. As a lot of mm. I'm sure fans of every Premier League club would say the same about their team. But VAR has kind of wiped that out largely. There's still the odd sort of amber card, and I think you could say that about the the Villa goalkeeper. But mm-hmm. really, I think I think if there was a conspiracy to not red card players that are playing against Newcastle, we would have seen more about that because VAR would have been shown to fail in most Newcastle games. I don't think that's the case. And, and it's is also... Rel- this,
2: is, this is my number one thing on it, that I think... It would be, it's my number one thing on all sorts of conspiracy arguments. It's like drill down into the logic of it, right? Let's say that we have vastly more bad decisions go against us than other teams. Let's just say, like, for argument's sake, that that is the case. What is the actual logic, right? So corrupt. you could have corruption potentially. I don't think that there is. Maybe I'm wrong. You could have corruption against us because the bigger clubs in the Premier League don't want and uh, another club being bought out and having loads of money because that's competition for them. There isn't... I don't think... I don't know if that's happening or not, but I can see the logic in that. Over that period of time, why would the Referees Association and the Premier League... What fucking threat have Newcastle United been on the pitch in the last 10 years where they've decided... That they want to select our club as something that they would like enough to be, like actually corrupt about. Why would they pick us out as someone that they want to, to uh, have a uh, a conspiracy against? And, and even how if they have wasn't... they
0: been able to manage this conspiracy so well that none, no detail of it has leaked out, considering the number of people that would have to be involved?
2: Also, maybe the, some if there was a true a bias against Newcastle, but I think that I think if you go through most fan bases of most clubs in all football, there are so every fucking club, particularly clubs like us, Leeds, Arsenal, clubs with particular sort of fans who basically don't get a lot of success, but feel like they should have older. Yeah, always think that there is like that everyone's against them. I think in the in general, most people don't give a shit.
1: I I would say if if there was a conspiracy, if the if the referees and the the PL were in cahoots, would it not be far easier just to give a lot more yellow cards and red cards to us than relying on the other team not getting a red card for a heart attack? Just. Just send a player off for um, no, there's something weak.
0: No, the thing is, all the other teams are in on it as well, and they're committing. Ah. They're told basically. They talk about it in the change room before the game. <laughs> Decide who's going to make the red card tackle. They let the ref like, know when.
1: I, I, I'm not. Okay, we've done to this too long. Yeah, I don't want to take the it because I get it. That it, it's it's satisfying to to think that there's a, a reason why that we're, we're missing out on red cards, but it's just coincidence.
2: I really thought you were about to take the pistol because you said it in the way that somebody says, "I'm not going to be racist," but <laughs> but then you didn't you didn't take the pistol. Really. Um, I'll, I'll, we're getting close to time to wrap up now, but I'll just uh, go to Twitter a couple more times. John Tilly says, "In terms of positives, any exciting youngsters who might get a game against Burnley midweek?" Yes, we're playing Burnley at home in the League Cup. Uh, anything to say oh, on that?
1: Dice has said that he that it's likely that they're going to rotate a fair amount, which means that Bruce has got a, an excuse to, to field a, a weaker side if he wanted to. But I think to get the fans on board more, he will field a strong team. And he's certainly got, you know, he's got form for that. So I wouldn't expect us to field like, um, what's his name, like Joe White or any of the young lads that were Featuring in preseason,
2: oh, Rodrigo, I think that, was it Rodrigo Vilka or whatever? Mm, but they're both I, actually playing today. there's, uh, yeah. the, there's an under twenty-three game now, so
1: yeah, they're not uh, going to play. They're not going to play. Um, it'll be a fairly strong side. I think he's is
0: Two in the cups as well. Yeah, that's he one, one positive <laughs> for him compared to the last few managers we've had.
1: It's not to say that if we if we get drawn against Lower League opposition in the FA Cup later on, that, that those young lads who were on the fringes might get a run out there, but not against Burnley. Um I mean we haven't beaten Premier League opposition for seven years in the in the League Cup. So it'll be a strong side.
2: Okay, so we might as well give a prediction now. Burnley at home in the League Cup.
1: Just give a prediction. There's no point. We'll go for it. Dave. <coughs> Uh, I reckon we'll win
0: 1-0 uh, Paul I think it'll go to penalties and we'll just be I think that's a good point is there, there's
2: unfair. no extra time is there is there extra time
0: not yeah. sure does it go straight to penalties not sure no, I feel like there might be extra time because if we can get extra time in a couple of league yeah last year
2: because that would be we could do without extra time really yeah. but um, mm. But, yeah, I think it would probably be quite boring. And I think if you don't go to the game, I don't know. I don't think there's
0: any way you can watch it. You can listen to it on Radio Newcastle and on the club website.
2: Oh, for the days.
0: I might skip that one.
2: Oh, for the days of the lockdown last Mm. year, when you could pay £10 to watch us play Morecambe or whoever. Um, So, Given no concrete predictions there, but you know, it's fine, it doesn't matter. And then on Saturday, we've got a 3 pm kickoff at home to Southampton. Adam Armstrong's homecoming. He looks quite good, Adam Armstrong. He's had a better start to the season than Ivan Tony, I would say, from what I've seen. At least mm-hmm. he's got a goal and he's had some chances and he looks lively and he's got some praise. Southampton just had a good result against Man U. We're at home.
0: Anything to say, Paul? I sort of worry about playing Southampton earlier in the season. They always seem a lot harder to play first half of the season. Second half of the season, it feels like... Because we beat them... I think did we lose to them first half of the season last year and beat them quite comfortably second half. Or was it that th- that mad 3-2? Mm. So no, I, I think it's not the best time to play them but I do they're they're weakened to how they were last season definitely without yeah. Danny Ings yeah I think, think, we, I, think uh, I think if we lose then that is a worry I think it could be a sort of 2-1 Newcastle
1: I think they're 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 certainly a team that we, even this Newcastle who are a bit shonky can get at because they're not good at defending set pieces they're, they're not very good at, um, at in the air uh, they've lost Vestergaard to Leicester I think we can get at them and most of our opportunities against Villa came from set pieces so if we can if we can if we've got the players to win a free kick or win a corner we can put the delivery into the box I reckon we can win 2-1
2: Okay well that would be nice for all of my uh, over the last year or so, defending of Steve Bruce, I would say, uh, with two sides with, I would say, similar squad quality, we might have the best attacking player of either side in the form of St. Maximin. But two fairly similar standard sides, I would say that Hassan Hutel versus Bruce. It's not a fair match-up. I, would, I do rate him as a manager and can see us being tactically outdone. That's not... That's, you know, I do defend Bruce a lot, but Southampton haven't actually won yet this season, but they just had a good result against U, And I fancy Southampton to win. So my prediction is that Southampton win 3-1, and everyone goes absolutely fucking mental that they shouldn't.
1: <laughs> that would be my prediction. Yeah, like, my, my thing would be, whatever the results in the next two games, Yes. don't worry. We'll be right. Re-
0: we, we might say so. that back to you at the start of the next pod Dave.
2: <laughs> and also, whatever the results in the next couple of games, everyone will go fucking mental. <laughs> Even yeah. if we win one of them 5-0 everyone will be mad. So, yeah. Um, (laughs) uh, There we are. We're going to attempt to be your little ray of sunshine somehow this season. Thank you so much, guys. Um, Did somebody... I forget his name, but somebody got in touch on Twitter and said that they wanted the return of Life After Love, the game that swept the, the, the nation last season to cheer them up. Unfortunately, we don't have time for that this week, but we will try and bring either that back or another game because if this it's, is going to be another depressing season it's just one of those things about supporting this club in this era maybe we do need um, some fun games to play so maybe we'll even have some bonus parts or whatever and uh, play some games to cheer us up if it is it just going to be an endless series of um, uh, drilling down on incredibly depressing games but this wasn't an incredibly depressing experience because I got to be in the company of
1: Dave Watson. Thanks, Fergus.
2: Thank you, Dave, and Paul Doolan. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit PlaybackMedia.co.uk.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.